what do you guys really see like long term Keegan Murray doing for these for this team? Because you know, saw him, saw him in, in that summer league, and I'm I'm like, wow, this guy can be a top four in the league very soon. In summer league, he he was getting whatever he wanted, and if he could get sixty percent of that, you know, in 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 the regular season, it's just scary. I think it's terrifying. Um, so yeah, it, I was like, I've never been more upset at the Portland Trailblazers in my entire life for any reason. Like it, it, my brother and I were watching the draft together and we were like, what the, no, like we screamed like little boys. We were like, what the hell? Hey, it's Daly. This is part two of our conversation from Tuesday. Enjoy. I got a quick question for you, Daly. Um, who do you think has been the uh, winners of um, the offseason so far, including the draft? Dude, man, I hate to say this, but the freaking yeah. Pacers, like, I'm jealous of their haul. Um, Juris Walker's a stud. Um, and then all their youngs, uh, even their players from last year, they got Matherin, like their future is so bright. And then having Obi Toppin, like freaking Tyrese is going to make Obi Toppin so much money. Oh, yeah, that's, that's like some Chris Paul to DeAndre Jordan shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He gets up like even quicker than DeAndre. Well, uh, shit. and he shoots threes. <laughs> he could shoot yeah. three. Like, He's becoming a complete player. Um, so yeah, scary. Um, nobody else comes to mind. In the West, like when you started started it by saying, um, you know, I hate to say it, because all to me, like I think a lot of the teams that um, we as Kings fans dislike, I, I feel like they got a little bit better. Um, the I think the Warriors like got like a, a pretty decent uh, draft haul between. Uh, Podzimski or uh, Podzimski and uh, uh, Trace Jackson Davis. Um, who who knows how the Chris Paul thing is going to work? It probably won't, but they could always like flip him later on as well. And you know, I don't even know like what he would be worth nowadays. Maybe they they can't get anything for him at all. But um, who else did they sign? They signed somebody else. That, oh, Dario Saric. I like that move for them. Kind of under the radar move that you know he's not going to like score a bunch of points for them, but he's probably will fit in their system. Um, and then I thought the, the Mavericks, um, they uh, drafted well. I thought, I, I think that lively might not be the guy right away that, um, they, they hope that it'll be, but I think that like long term, he seems like he's got some interesting tools working in his favor. All they have to do is hit their shots. Their yeah, open shots with Omax, they got Omax from us, and um, yeah, who did they who did they sign? I mean, they brought Kyrie back. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, and I also thought that the Lakers, um, unfortunately, you know, got a little bit better too. Um, yeah, that's upsetting, man. Yeah, I mean, they got uh, Max Lewis like super deep in the draft, right in the 40s or something. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sweat that just because we don't know what he's going to be during the regular season. I mean, he, he seems to be playing pretty decent in summer yeah. league, but I, I think it's more been the Max Christie show for them. Um, right. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's anytime you have LeBron, it's like you have a chance and it, it's disgusting. So. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, these are just moves around the edges that like, I, you know, I do like, and some of these rookies, they're just, who knows what they're going to be. So it might just be, you know, making like kind of a worry about, you know, not much at all. Hopefully it's, it's, it's more of that and less of like, you know, um, you know, some of these teams are like more of threats than they were last year. Cause I, I just named three teams, right. That were be- below the Kings and um, the Suns they loaded up, they were below the Kings. Um, I mean, the Grizzlies, you can probably count on them having a rough start to the season with jaw out and all that stuff. So, um, you know, maybe you've, you've got them, um, going down a couple tiers, but yeah, it's going to be rough. It's going to be like super competitive. It always is in the West, but you know, it's not getting easier. I'll just say this and then, and then I want uh, Paul, it's burner, uh, to speak, but anytime you're in the Chris Paul business, it's bad business to me. I, I just, I don't have faith in him in the postseason, and maybe in a limited role or something. Uh, he'll just do something magical with the warriors, but I, I just don't believe in him at all. And also in all those teams that, you know, loaded up on players, it's like, they're all older. So, and I'm not wishing injury on anybody, but anytime you deal with the older stars, there's a risk of availability, lack of avail- availability. You know what I mean? Uh, Paul, it's burner. What's up? Yeah, I just wanted to add about the the Mavericks. Uh, they also added Grant Williams, which was like kind of an under the radar, underrated signing. Uh, that was, or rather, I think it was a trade. Um, they traded like a like a couple seconds and and a, and a player. Like it was, I think it was a three team deal, but it was like a super great value. And that's just another addition for them. That's like that's going to go a long way for them. He's a quality player for a lot of reasons that I know us Kings fans discussed over Twitter. You know, a lot of us wanted to, to, to sign a trade from him. So interesting. It's almost not even fair because he's the type of player that is going to get Luca a chip. If everything falls the Absolutely. right way for them. And, and then they got our guy, Rashawn, man. It's like, that hurts a little bit. Uh, oh man. I still, I'm looking at their uh, roster right now, and I, I, I still see holes. It's just a little weird for me, but um, yeah, they're, they're going to be in there just because they have Luca and Kyrie. Um, hopefully, Kyrie plays, you know, at least 65 games um, and doesn't have any issues. But yeah, it's it's like, yeah, it's going to be tough. Western Conference is going to be a, a freaking Shark Tank. Um, coming or calling in from Vegas. We got Brandon. I'm going to get him in here. He's a Grizzlies guy. Brandon, what are you doing, man? You're doing this wholesome, nerdy thing, calling into a space. In, in, you're in Las Vegas right now. Uh, that's weird. What's going on, sir? Dude, you know, I just, I can't, I can't stay away from basketball talk, bro. Even, even out here in, ba- <laughs> even out here in Vegas, I just, I can't, I can't stay away. Like, I, I just can't. <laughs> Uh, good for you, man. With all the things that are that you could be getting into in Vegas, I mean, you're calling in the space. I, I didn't even call into my own yeah. space. Dude. No, unfortunately, I have to. I have to like call in a little bit early tonight. I'm I'm covering the Grizzlies game. It's the first game, 
in the morning. It's like like twelve thirty, so I have to be at um, Thomas and Mac pretty early. So no, no, no tomfoolery tonight. No, no, no heavy hooligans tonight. Tomorrow though, that's that's, that's a different story. <laughs> oh yeah, did you have you done any shenanigans? Or, no, or no, nah, man, nothing, not, nothing too big, nothing huge. But Good again, after yeah, my my biggest thing was going to my favorite taco place. That's it. That was my, okay. What, what's the place? My yeah, risky. I'm always thing. looking for. Uh, Tacos El Gordo. Tacos El Gordo. There's, okay. there's two locations. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah. What, what's going on? Uh, yeah, no, I just um, keep keep this quick. I know you guys were kind of shutting down, but wanted to ask about my dude, Keegan Murray. I uh, love Keegan Murray. Loved him coming into the draft. I uh, thought that was just a home run pick um, and it you know, continues to be. And so um, I'm looking at the summer league, um, just absolute tear that he went on those few games and I, I I'm getting I'm getting some crazy thoughts in my mind just just thinking about his future his potential think about that on ball creation so I just kind of want to ask uh, this Kings community what do you guys really see like long term Keegan Murray doing for these for this team because you know, yeah. saw, saw him in, in that summer league and I'm, I'm like wow this guy can be a top four in the league very soon well, I'm going to shut up, and I think you added a half hour to this this podcast. Uh, I'm going to let Paula's burner and, and Peter uh, talk. Yeah, you guys could could say how you feel. Go for it. No, I'll, I'll go. Um, <laughs> I admittedly, like, I was not super high on Keegan uh, during the draft time. Like, I saw, I saw why other people liked him. But I also uh, had some questions about just like how he scored uh, in college and um, coming into summer league, he shut me up pretty quickly and um, he's been, been able to still like kind of surprise me uh, a little bit like every, every now and then. So it's really tough to say like what he could end up being. I will say like, I'm a lot more uh, bullish on his, um, potential now than I was back then and I mean when people compare him to like Kawhi and like some of these other guys um I think that like it's really it's really difficult to be able to tell like if he could ever have that type of effect like you know Kawhi a team literally traded for him just for one year so he could win them a championship and then he just like dipped you know like he I don't think people really like remember because his uh his peak was just kind of like short-lived i feel like he was really really freaking good and i mean even if keegan could get to like 65 70 percent of that that's a really good player and probably the best player on the team so that's a multi-year all-star if 75 percent of Kawhi, yeah 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 for sure pollard's burner you have anything to add well, yeah, I just think that, again, like, I think as sometimes we chronically underestimate Keegan, I think Keegan already is a really good player. Um, I, I can't, I can't stress enough, like, what he showed, and again, it's Summer League, and I know that we joke, like, don't ever react about Summer League, don't ever react about Summer League. These are guys who 90% of them aren't going to be in the league. The ones who are, you know, a lot of them are barely making it. Keegan wasn't just good. He wasn't just very good. He's absolutely dominant. He looked out of place in summer league. He, he was getting whatever he wanted. 
And if he could get 60% of that, you know, in, in, in the regular season, it's just scary. I think it's terrifying what he can do, what he might be able to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's already a very good player. I think his potential is, is untapped right now. Um, and he's just going to continue to grow. And I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Well, the fact that he's already an elite movement shooter, which is a premium, you know what I mean, in this league, a premium skill, that's already a plus. Uh, super coachable, a plus. Even before he started showing a bag uh, midseason, his passing was already excellent. So if you wanted him to be a hub next season, just for a little bit, I'm not saying for the whole game like Sabonis is or Fox is, but he could fulfill that role. Uh, defensively, above average. Not He's not OG, all right? I'm not saying that, but he is above average. I, I, I feel like he could guard most people, stay in front of his man, and because he has a great feel for the game, a.k.a. a high b-ball IQ, um, he can anticipate where his players are going, and he gets in the passing lanes and whatnot. But now that he's doing... In the yeah, this summer league, he's doing the Aaron Fox esque mid range stuff. It's ridiculous, and so he said that he patterned his game after Chris Middleton. Uh, he has potential to be better than Chris Middleton, you know. And and he has measurables. His wingspan is is six eleven, so it's like he's right there. It's just not, he's just not a super freak af- athlete like Jaron Jackson Jr. or anything like that. But he doesn't have to be. He's, yeah, he's, he's I'm, there. I'm totally aware that a, a, a one versus one isn't always like a great you know, a barometer of, of, a, of who's the better player. I, I'd love to see Keegan play one versus one versus Chris Middleton right now. I, it, aside from the consistency of how long he's been doing it, I, I, and I might be talking out of my ass here, I, I think he's already as good as Chris Middleton. I, I think he can very quickly – I mean, very quickly, first couple months of this season, be like, oh, holy shit, he's pushing Domas for second best player on this team. He's averaging 20 points a night. Uh, I'm, I, I, like like uh, Popoff said earlier, just the sky is the absolute limit for Keegan. Um, he, he has proven that just through his, his coachability, his willingness to learn and to adapt his game. Um, and, and yeah, there were some things that looked a little shaky, you know, some, some of the ball handling and such. Um, but that's, he's working on it. You know, he showed, like he said that little, uh, that, uh, that three pointer step back on a uh, single dribble step back on Jaime Jaquez. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, holy shit. Like that's, that's, you know, a James Harden looking play. That's a, that's a Zach Levine looking play. Like those are totally different players, but that's the the, the level of of yeah. confidence that that player has. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna dribble, step back, and just dagger in your eye because I can. Like, oh yeah, and and let's not forget that turnaround fadeaway over three defenders for yes. no reason. Yes, right. He was just um, flexing like the whole damn game. He was just flexing like. Oh, let me see if I can do this. And I always do my Keegan voice, my Deuce Mason Keegan voice. Oh, let me see if I can do this. Oh, yeah, I can. Like, <laughs> he's such a badass, and I, I can't believe he's a king. And I'm so excited for what he's bringing. And I'm, I'm just stoked, man. Well, I think it'll be better than Jaden Ivey, by the way. I, I, I called that draft <sighs> night. 
and I said the Kings made the right choice there. And I think that's going to happen. I'm I'm sure that's going to happen. But and I totally get the Jaden Ivy hype. I I I love what he could do is his athleticism and yeah. Oh, great! He's a human highlight reel when it comes to dunks. But it's come on, man. I as far as basketball feel and, and how they see the game, I'll take Keegan's um, basketball mind over or Jaden Ivy's any day of the week, and I'll take Keegan's heart as well. Yeah, I think for me as somebody who like kind of wasn't super like pro Keegan or whatever, like I wasn't pushing him per se. Like I wasn't, you know, if he was going to be the pick, I wasn't going to be like, you know, like super pissed, but I was also not just going to be thrilled, I guess. He wasn't like the sexy pick in in my opinion. Um, And it was less of like Keegan uh, versus Ivy as it was like Keegan as some of the other trade packages you could have got. There was like a rumor that, Duarte and the six, I believe, uh, which is what uh, the Pacers had that year, was being offered. There was a rumor that the nine, which ended up being Jeremy Sohan um, and another player, possibly like Vassell or one of those other guys, those young guys, was being offered for – so that obviously uh, speaks to, you know, how how good Keegan is because all these players or all these teams were, you know, potentially trading up to to pick him in this scenario um so maybe maybe you know that's enough reason not to trade off of it but i don't know i just i guess um i got kind of like bought into the you know well they they jumped in the lottery so you know now this this pick has like more value now i think i kind of got ahead of myself uh with like the possibilities of like you know what could happen on draft night and i was like more so underwhelmed than anything um, and I, I honestly was maybe a, misled a, a little bit about this. Like daily, I don't know if you watched him a lot in um, college. No, dude, you but, you know I got receipts, man. I, I so he he scored uh, most of his points like closer to the basket in college, right? No, no, he was shooting difficult threes. He was doing crazy shit, and and I feel like. And, you know, I'm not going to say any names, but some people were saying, oh, Keegan's so boring. It's like, no, you you just didn't watch games. Like, he was shooting turnaround corner threes for no reason. And, and yeah, he was doing interesting things. I just remember him coming off, like, things. pin downs last, last summer and stuff, and everybody was like, holy shit, like, he can do that? You know? Like, we were all kind yeah. of, like, a little bit surprised by that. So, I don't know why. Some of the highlights that I saw, it looks like he had just, like, he was, like, bully balling, um like a little bit here and there. And so I guess I just kind of like made the assumption that, you know, he used his size a lot more. And, and that's why not to be a gatekeeper or anything. I always tell people during draft season, you need to watch at least a few games, watch a half. You know what I mean? You, you need so the context. You, you, you need the context of a full game to, to see how someone plays. You know what I mean? Your eye test needs to match uh, the eye test of just watching highlights. Because anybody can make a highlight and, and, and post somebody's best shit ever. You know what I mean? But to watch yeah. full games of somebody, uh, which is why, you know, I was so high on Jaime Hawkins because I've, I've just watched him all year. So I know what he could do. And then everyone's acting surprised. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. I've seen him do it all year. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah, my, my college watching was weak uh, this past season just because the Kings are so good. I didn't have much time. So my knowledge is limited to just UCLA, Pac-12, and – and Chris Murray and a few other people, but yeah, I mean, even, even, even with that said though, like you, you, Bryant West and like maybe like another, like one or two people on my timeline, I feel like I, I can consistently rely on when it comes to like, okay, who is this player? You know, like what are their, you know, their um, strengths and 
you know, possible question marks, all that stuff. I think you're saying I need to get a life. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Just a, a little subliminal there. Sure. You, 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 uh, you read through it though. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I will say, I don't think, uh, the Kawhi comps are too far off. Uh, the fact that Kawhi is, I mean, what makes him, he's not flashy. Neither is Keegan. Their movements are efficient. I'm not talking about stats. I'm talking about just the way they move along the court. They're, they're not shaking and baking. They make uh, roughly straight lines when they drive to the basket. Um, they can do behind the back stuff and all that, but when they shoot, it, it's it's not a bad shot, and they make their shots, and I think that's what makes Kawhi great is that he's clutch. So is Keegan, and that's what I see. And that's why, and not to mention the stoic mannerisms, I totally Kawhi. I don't see how anybody um, can say that. It's just that Kawhi is so great that it's like you don't want to do that, you know, for fear of sounding like a homer or anything like that. But, man, I think it's totally reasonable. Um, I'll land my plane here by saying um, I really wanted Chris Murray to the Kings to happen. I wanted the brother-on-brother on the team. Um, I, I know that had to be heartbreaking, uh, but I really, I really wanted that to happen. <laughs> I think I'm the one Kings fan that, that didn't. Uh, what about you guys, Scott? I mean, Paul's burner and Peter. Oh, I was, I'm such a Homer self-admitted. Like <laughs> I'm an absolute, you guys know that about me. I'm such a Homer. Um, so yeah, it, I was like, I've never been more upset at the Portland trailblazers in my entire life for any reason. Like it, it, my brother and I were watching the draft together and we were like, what the, no, like we screamed like little boys. We were like, what the hell? Um, but it did really interest me in what Monty had up his sleeve. I, you know, we don't know what's going on in, in the, in the goat's mind. We don't know what McNair, McNair is up to. Um, but I, I thought that that was probably plan A, you know? And so when that didn't come to pass, I was like, okay, so what's the, uh, what's the alternative here? Um, I definitely did not see what we did coming that 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 was that was a um a shock to me uh and then you know as we always do we build the hype up for you know oh it's just for a big free agent acquisition and the king's gonna take a swing and of course they did the most king's thing which is just play it safe but that's you know that's mcnair's style and he hasn't led us astray yet and uh and so I'm, i'm i'm looking forward to it but yeah hell yeah i wanted chris murray that was most definitely what i was looking forward to um, definitely what I wanted, but you know, life goes on and it's, it is what it is. I, I think, I think we, I think we, we, we did good stuff and Chris is going to thrive over there in Portland. And, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely wanted Chris. Peter. I guess I'm just going to sound like a Murray family hater, but I was not super keen on having, um, him be the pick. And it wasn't uh, so much as, like, you know, me disliking Chris Murray, the prospect. I just, um, at the time, I was, like, trying to sell myself on some of the bigger swings. Like, uh, even guys that probably may have been, like, considered reaches uh, at 24, like C.D. Sissoko, uh, Leonard Miller, guys like that that ended up, like, going late. Um, I was, like, more more so, like, locked into them and admittedly, like, I didn't, like, check in a lot with, like, I don't, I don't know, like, you know, draft reports and, like, you know, um, just kind of, like, the rundown on, like, Chris Murray. But I've, I feel like I'm, I, I've been able to, like, kind of get the gist from hearing other people that are, like, really into the idea talk about him. And um, 
I guess my um, other question mark was just like how the fit would be uh, just because we've got Lyles coming back. We've got Vezinkov coming over um, Keegan and Harrison. And so, I mean, if you brought Chris Murray in, he might be one of the better defenders out of that group there. So maybe it's possible he sees the floor, you know, through that, but um, I guess I just had questions about like how, how much he'd play. And uh, from a marketing standpoint, all that stuff, like it would be a cool storyline. Don't get me wrong. Like as a fan, I'd like to see it for those reasons, just because I think it would be a fun season. It would be super wholesome. It would just be like, you know, a cool moment. Um, But I don't know. I just, I just kind of like, Maybe I'm the type that gets a little bit too ahead of myself when it comes to like draft time, free agency, and you know I have like these expectations or whatever, or, like hopes, I guess. And you know, I just kind of considered uh, Chris Murray to be more of like a safe swing, you know. So. Yeah, no, I, I wanted the sexy pick. I, I wanted like Cam Whitmore to drop or uh, Derek Whitehead. Um, I really wanted Omax. Just people like that. And then I was tracking Bryce Sensabaugh, who, who to me is still a stud. I'm not sure how he's doing in summer league. I don't even know if he's playing. Is he playing? Because um, I haven't heard his name at all. And just guys like that. And then James Naji, who's actually staying in Barcelona. So it's like I, I do one day want Monty McNair to take a fucking risk and, and get some, you know, 1% of the 1% athlete that's jumping out of the gym can, can touch the top of the backboard. I want that guy one day. Uh, I don't think he'll ever do it though. I know that you're referring to the draft in terms of taking a risk, but I think that Monty McNair is still, his heart rate is still coming down from the risk of trading Halliburton for Sabonis. I think that we're good for one Monty McNair giant risk per three year that's our kind of our quota great point man great point yeah he's 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 like you said he's i don't think he's bullshitting us when he says he is willing to take those big steps uh they just have to be calculated and they have to be the right step he wants to be very sure if he's gonna put all his chips in and he's gonna win the damn pot um so i'm so i couldn't obviously in hindsight i couldn't be happier with what happened with the halliburton trade It, it, it brought us to where we are but I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be few and far between with Monty, at least until he really gets his feet under him. I think this is, what, his, his fourth season as GM? Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this his fourth or his fifth? I want to say fourth. Okay, I think it's fourth. Yeah, and I think Kings fans just want to be in the news. They just want shit to happen for no reason sometimes. And, uh, and that's totally fair. I get it, but. You know, sometimes it's it's good not to be in the news and just to be that good low key team that's just solid and doing their thing. You know what I mean? Let us be the Spurs in California. That's fine with me. You don't see them making like big splashy moves. They just happen to draft Wembenyama. Oh, and Peter, that's another team. I mean, besides Victor, but man, watching City Sissoko live, I like his game a lot. He's everywhere. He's like a giant Keon Ellis but more athletic. Yeah. Some of the passes he was making too, I was like, Whoa. So he can, he can distribute a little bit too. I mean, yeah, I, he played I point loved, in Europe. So yeah, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I just knew of him as like a defender first and foremost, really. And um, that was what kind of interested me in him as a prospect more than anything, but like guys that are two way that, that can, you know, 
affect the game on both sides of the floor, that's even better. But, you know, I, I've assumed that at 24, he would have been like somewhat of a reach just because you don't know, you know, where his offense is going to land, I guess. But I don't know. I would have been fine with that swing too. Cause you know, having, having the 38th pick and all that stuff, you could easily, you know, as a deep draft, like we saw, we were able to get, you know, Colby Jones at 34. Um, there would have been somebody that was quality at 38 too. If he didn't, if Monty, you know, hadn't traded. Oh, yeah. Up. Yeah. I, that, my own personal big board slash mock or whatever, you know, I, I felt like the tier was from 20 to 35 was roughly the same tier. You would, you were going to get value there. And, uh, you know, and we did. I think they probably would have picked Colby Jones at 24 when I think about it. Yeah, yeah. Which would have been possibly. fine. And uh, not having the cap hold for the uh, the first round pick as well because, you know, I guess second round picks don't get cap holds. So it doesn't count against your, you know, how much money you can spend. Like he, w- he was pretty much like trying to maintain flexibility up until the last, you know, really like uh, until the clock struck right around 11 or like midnight uh, where they just brought Barnes back and um, decided to bring Len and Lyles and all that. So I I feel like he possibly had something else in mind, maybe something else splashier, but when it didn't materialize, he was just like, okay, we're just going to bring our guys back and like play the long game. Yeah, I, I'm dying to read. Like, I want to go forward in time 20 years and maybe Monty McNair will have some freaking memoir. I want to see all the trades that didn't happen that we don't know about. You know that he has, he's done so much that we don't know uh, behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Well, he's a, he's a mastermind of getting us in the news and then doing nothing. Like, it cracks me up how he seems like he's, you know, every time there's a, you know, athletic or the ringer or something where, you know, the, these teams are interested in taking a swing. It's like Bucks, Celtics, uh, Hawks, Suns, Kings. Like the Kings are always in there. And I don't yeah. know if that's just smokescreen, if that's just misdirection. Um, or for all I know, Monty could be taking these swings and just striking out. You know, that happens all the time in the NBA. Um, GMs are trying to make stuff happen. And for all we know, you know, Monty could have much bigger balls than we give him credit for. Um, it just, there's, there's no real way of knowing. So yeah, a little, a little black book, you know, via Monty McNair would be, would be something to see for sure. Oh, dude, I would love it, man. All right, guys. I I think I'm going to close up shop. I appreciate you guys coming through.